everybody. Welcome to episode 81 of Weighing In with Andy Hamilton and David Mirkatani. I'm Andy Hamilton coming to you from the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum in downtown Waterloo. Joined on the line, as always, by David Mirkatani. How's it going, David? Good, Andy. Good to have you back. Yeah, thanks uh, for filling in for me last week, or I guess I shouldn't thank you. you you're here every week. <laughs> Uh, thanks to Eric Guerrero for filling in. <laughs> yeah, and, he uh, did a good job. Keeping the uh, show going. Smart guy, had a lot of good insights. Uh, kept this moving, which was great. So, yeah, shout out to Eric. So, David, as uh, we usually allude to, there's no such thing as an off-season in wrestling. Uh, it just goes from one season to the next. Um, no idle period in our schedule when you factor in the college season right into freestyle greco-roman season here we are one of the busiest weeks of the year beat the streets out in new york going to be some big time matchups there as well as the world team trials challenge tournament the junior world team trials and also northern plains up in rochester minnesota you're going to be up there david i'm going to be up there what are you looking forward to most i think you know, obviously watching the seniors, it's going to be cool. Um, you know, the, the women are wrestling as well. And then you look at some of the junior brackets, and I think we're going to get into this a little bit. Some of the guys that have qualified at some of these weights, it's insane how deep some of these brackets could be. So, um, you know, I actually called Kevin Jackson and asked him a little bit about seating criteria. And uh, it, it seems like it's, it's going to be tough because – you know, do you use Greco or do you use folk style match results to seed a freestyle tournament? And if you don't, which is a pretty good argument that you shouldn't, what happens when some of these guys have literally no common opponents in, in freestyle? How do you do this? You know, do you value a college season, you know, where a guy didn't wrestle any freestyle over maybe a high school senior that won Fargo? And it's going to be a lot of tough decisions. And uh, a lot of these, uh, weight classes, guys are really close and kind of like horses for courses, you know, where matchups can make a big difference in who actually gets to the bracket. And then I think the seniors is just going to be awesome. There's some matchups I'm sure we'll get into as well that either rematches or just some ones we, you know, we think we're going to see that are super intriguing. Well, David, the news that uh, came out Saturday morning from University of Iowa, Spencer Lee is not going to be competing this weekend nor is he going to be competing uh, in the U23 trials based on uh, the, the verbiage of that release. Unfortunate that uh, you know we had a chance to potentially see Spencer compete in uh, three different age group world championships this year with uh, juniors, U23, and seniors as well, and we're not going to get a ch chance to see him in any of those. Uh, but uh, 57 kilos nonetheless, still going to be very intriguing up in Rochester uh, with the potential of a Dayton fix Tony Ramos rematch. How do you th see things shaking out there? I think you're right. Like with everything you said, one, it, you know, as a fan, we want to see all the best guys wrestle. You know, Spencer Lee, you know, had a magical carpet ride the second half of the year and at nationals, you know, once he got that leg brace off and, he talked to Mark Ostrander about that during the interviews at Nationals. He was a different guy. I mean, it, no disrespect to any of the other guys, but it feels like it's a fixed Ramos 
match waiting to happen. You know, Fix has to get through the tournament. Uh, I, I think I think it really is going to be interesting if Fix can get on top of Ramos, you know, even once. Uh, you know, where we'll see if that trap arm works, that series he has against a guy who's, you know, kind of got some man strength versus Dayton, who's a hammer, but a young hammer. And if he doesn't get on top, how does he solve the I always win every late match in the world, you know, Rubik's Cube is Tony Ramos. Is that guy literally, you know, I know he was on your show. He, he's as cool as, it, as, you know, the other side of the pillow when he gets those matches late. So, I mean, you had a chance to talk to Tony. You know, what? how do you think it's going to go? Well, I think you laid it out uh, perfectly right there. I mean, the one the one X factor is what can Fix do on top if he can get there, right? I mean, that was <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Tony Ramos' Achilles heel in the 2016 World Team Trials, right? I mean, against Daniel Dennis, he got on top, and it was, it was game, set, match in that second match where – uh, Dennis locked up that gut wrench and it was tight and it was over in a hurry. Uh, Fix does things a little bit differently, but uh, nonetheless, he is uh, th- that's his bread and butter and uh, certainly a lot of ways that he can score. But uh, that's where we're seeing Dayton Fix end matches in less than a minute is one takedown, four turns, boom, it's over. Uh, so that will be something certainly to watch. At 57 kilos. I think one of the things that uh, is also really intriguing is, uh, you know, Zach Sanders. We mentioned it uh, coming out of Vegas. He got up uh, 4-0 on Ramos with a with an arm throw early. It looked like he tweaked something in his uh, in his side, maybe uh, oblique, uh, something along those lines. Uh, just you know, he kept clutching at his side throughout the match, and and uh, nonetheless, I was I was surprised that he kept going the way that he did, and uh, comes back to get third place. Uh, out in the open, so uh, he's certainly somebody to keep an eye on, as well as uh, Frank Pirelli there. But uh, if if for somebody to uh, upset the apple cart and, and prevent a possible fix Ramos rematch, I, I would think it would be those one of those two guys. But uh, is there anybody else that you could see coming through at 57 kilos and making a run in the finals? No, I mean there's some hammers. Obviously, a lot of these guys are hugely credentialed, but you know, you know, obviously. Gilman's in final X, Ramos is waiting in the two out of three, and then, you know, Fix is the number one seed in the tournament. And so with no Spencer Lee, Sanders Pirelli will be the two three, just like you're saying. And it feels like whoever wins that match is the one that, you know, can could sit up at the apple cart to use your phrase. And the, I think the pressure of wrestling Dayton Fix, which is it's almost like wrestling Spencer Lee in folk style, like you can't lose a takedown. You know, the, the difference in folk style is if Spencer Lee wants to, he can pick top. Um, but, you know, Ramos, it didn't bother him. But, you know, it's not like, okay, hey, Andy, you're going to probably get two or three takedowns. I'm going to get two or three takedowns. And maybe I'll get a gut. Maybe you'll get a lace. But probably the better takedown guy wins. Like you were saying, six gets on top and it's turn, 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 you know, 10 0, and we're out here getting, you know, getting rehydrated. So I think that puts a lot of pressure on guys to maybe attack differently, have a different mindset. You know, they, they've got to finish. If they, you know, get even go behind once, it's a mess. So I, I think being so proficient on top changes the game. I, mean, I coached for a lot of years, and when you wrestle guys that were hammers on top or you were looking at the coach hammers on top, it's a huge advantage 
whatever the style is, freestyle, folk style, or Greco. Yeah, and he's never out of it, right? I mean, he's down eight, nine points. Right. You know, it's, yeah. it's get on top one time and and go to work, go to uh, your go-to right into your wheelhouse. So uh, anyway, moving on to 61 kilos, David. Joe Cologne won the Open. He's sitting out to Final X. Uh, Nashon Garrett, Nico Megalutis, Tyler Graff, Brandon Wright, Seth Gross, John Morrison, uh, just to name a few there. 61 kilos, David, to me, is one of the most compelling weight classes, and it, and it has been even going into this year with uh, Steber going up, the uncertainty of uh, Kendrick Maple and, and which weight will he go, will he continue to compete, and then also just the amount of guys in here that can put up points in a hurry. From your vantage point, what do you what do you see transpiring at 61 kilograms this weekend? Who will be there in the end waiting for Joe Cologne in final X. It feels like the least certain weight class, right? Like, you know, we just talked about, it feels like, you know, Fix is going to get to Ramos and then, you know, the winner that'll get to Gilman. Like, you know, Nation, you know, national champion, Megalutis national champion, Tyler Graff national runner up, you know, Seth Gross national champion, you know, Brandon Wright, NEI champion, John Morrison, all American, Darius Little, all American. And, They've all had their moments, you know, like Morrison had a great tournament at the Farrell, then he DNC'd at the U.S. Open. Uh, these matches all feel like they're going to be 9-8, 10-9, 13-10, you know, as opposed to Ramos, who just assumed beat you 2-2 on criteria or 3-2, doesn't mind a you know, push out, those kind of things. These guys, they're, they're really fun to, to watch, but the other side of it is, you know, that, their defense isn't great. And I mean, what's crazy is a guy as good as Cody Brewer didn't even qualify for this tournament. So, I mean, I would think Garrett's the favorite because he's the one seed. And if there's only seven guys, he's got to buy to the semis. But I mean, there's no bargain if it, if it goes this way where he's got the winner of Brandon Wright and Seth Gross in the semifinals. And you know, the way this draws out, Megalutis would have little in round one and Tyler Graff would have John Morrison in round one. And if you're Tyler Graff, you're the three seed. That's, that's a, not a fun draw in the quarterfinal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it goes back to what we saw at the open, right? And Corey Clark, uh, Nico Megalutis round a 16 match. You know, Clark gets right. knocked off in a high scoring bout there and catches Johnny DeJulius on the backside. It's just a deep weight class. We've seen, uh, the 133-pound weight class in college, uh, and then you got guys coming up from 25 down from uh, 41 uh, to catch, uh, you know, that 61-kilo weight class. And it's not like we've seen a lot of, uh, like we've seen somebody rule the roost at 133 pounds collegiately for a long time, right? I mean, you look at uh, Seth Gross, NCAA champion this year, Corey Clark, NCAA champion the year before. Nashawn Garrett, Cody Brewer. I mean, there's it's there's been a lot of turnover there amongst champs. Fuels depth at that weight class. So right, absolutely. So um, 61 kilos definitely one that uh, you know you don't want to get up and go to the concession stand while that's going on in the early rounds. Certainly, <laughs> that's very well said for sure. 65 kilos, David Joey McKenna sitting out to final X. You got Logan Steber. Uh, Jaden Ironman, Nick Dardanes, Jason Ness, Andy Simmons making a comeback. Yeah. Uh, Evan Henderson in there as well. 
What are we going to see out of Logan Stieber? That to me is really interesting because we, we saw him at uh, the World Cup and he gave up uh, in the in the duel against Japan, gave up, uh, what, four takedowns in the opening minute, got, uh, uh, got his bell rung a little bit, had the blood time, got taped up. Uh, didn't look like he was quite right until later in that match. And then comes back from that, and the next day beats Haji Aliyev, three-time world champ. I think he's got it rolling again. Goes out and uh, gets clipped out in Vegas by Ironman. Uh, then he comes back uh, at the Pan Am Championships. He's down uh, 9-2 with about a minute and a half uh, against Valdez, uh, 2017 world bronze medalist from Cuba. And uh, Steber what I was talking about with uh, Fix, when you're never out of a match, Steber's never out of a match either. As long as uh, that margin stays under 10, he puts up eight points in a hurry, comes back and beats Valdez uh, to win gold down there. So uh, what are we going to see out of Logan Steber this weekend? It's fascinating because he's going to be the two seed at the tournament because Jaden will be the number one seed. And they could all move down. Uh, I don't think Zane Rutherford is wrestling, but if he is, he would probably get the one seed. And I think B.J. Futrell is sitting out, too. And then Yanni, we know, isn't wrestling. You know, I think what you're describing is Sieber's ceiling is really high, and then his basement feels like it's, it's a little lower than maybe we had anticipated. You know, with all due respect, it feels like this one feels like it's a Sieber-Ironman rematch unless Zane is involved. So, you know, I, you know like, you know, Dardane's Nest, Henderson, Simmons, those guys feel like they're a level down. Yanni and, and Futrell aren't healthy. So it, I would be fascinated to know at the Ohio RTC what notes, if any, are being exchanged between Joey McKenna, Logan Steber, uh, Travell Delagna about Jaden Ironman. Because obviously one beat him, one lost to him. You know, I would, it's kind of weird. Like if you're Joey McKenna, do you want to wrestle Logan Steber? to make the world team and he's your friend that way one guy goes for sure or do you want to wrestle Ironman you've had you know success against the other thing is Ironman's really putting together I mean it counts folk style and freestyle but he has beaten a ton of guys that have been national champions and and finalists in the last couple of years when, when you add up all of his his highlight signature wins and, and he's a guy like you know talking about a guy who's not a, never out of it he's never out of it just because he can almost pull you into his legs and then just start scrambling around and, and exposing it. So it feels like it's those two, unless it's Zane. I think if it's a 10-9 match, it favors Ironman. I think if it's like a 3-2, to 4-3 you know, to two, to three match, it favors Steber. Moving on to 70 kilos, David. James Green sitting out Final X, two-time world medalist, 2017 world silver medalist. So this weekend up in Rochester, we'll have Jason Chamberlain, the U.S. Open champion, uh, Frank Molinero, 2016 Olympian, uh, Kellen Russell is in there, Kyle Rochelle, uh, qualified Hayden Heidley, U.S. Open runner-up, Alec Pantaleo finished third out in Vegas, Dylan Ness fourth out in Vegas, 2017 junior world silver medalist, Ryan Deacon placed fifth out there, Griffin Perriott uh, from the Boilermaker RTC Purdue rising sophomore placed seventh. So David, can Chamberlain do it again? Do you see Molinero coming through on the other side? 
Yeah, it's interesting. And we don't know if Nolf is wrestling, right? Like, you know, I, he's, you know, he's qualified by virtue of being the NCAA champion. So I, it feels like if it's not Nolf, if he's not wrestling, then Chamberlain Molinero. Chamberlain wrestled awesome in that match. And, we, you know, we were watching, I was actually watching it with the Iowa State guys, and they were just talking about how good his position was. So, you know, but the funny thing at that level you know, like, you know, we coached a kid that did really well in the juniors and it's always about making adjustments or watching the film and adjusting. And then like, now when we adjust, they're going to adjust this way. So here's what we need to anticipate. So, you know, I don't see it going the same way. It may end up the same result, but not with the same techniques and holds. And, you know, the more, the deeper your encyclopedia is, the deeper your Rolodex is on tactics and strategy and techniques, you know, the more, more likely you are to come out on top. So, I, I, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, you know, we should probably give Fresno State's RTC credit, you know, two, two champions out there with Chamberlain and with uh, Joe Cologne. You know, one of them made Final X, and the other one's obviously the number one seed in the tournament. But, you know, I think, you know, I, I don't know how healthy Nolf is. I did talk to a Division One coach out there who brought up a really interesting point. And he said, a lot of times the first year – when you leave cadet eligibility and go to junior eligibility, if you're going to sit a kid out of summer wrestling, that's the year to do it because it's going to probably be really hard for him to be super successful on the international level or even make the national team unless he's super special and that you might get more growth out of him by just leaving him in the room and, you know, having him focus on technique. So, you know, some of these guys, the same thing, like they're coming out of that, junior level and hitting the senior level. And so maybe not all these guys necessarily, you know, wrestle in this tournament. I think we'll see a lot of that in the junior tournament, but maybe a little bit in the senior tournament as well. 74 kilos, Jordan Burroughs back in familiar position, being able to sit out to the best of three final series. Obviously he uh, had to go through the whole process last year and, uh, Made the team that way, went on to win gold in Paris, uh, but uh, sitting there in Final X uh, for Lincoln, Nebraska. So that leaves Isaiah Martinez, the U.S. Open winner in the best of three in Rochester. David, can Imar hold off the crowd that's coming this weekend? Going to be some more bodies in there this weekend, I presume. I, I assume Nazar Kolchitsky will be in there. That could be a pretty compelling matchup. Is there anybody else that mm -hmm. uh, can step up the plate and take down Imar? Well, Vincenzo Joseph's eligible at this weight. I mean, we know how that's gone in folk style. Yep. I know, again, we don't know who the Penn State guys are going to wrestle, right? But, you know, by being virtue of a national champ, he's met the criteria. Kolchitsky is really good and really uh, crafty. He's been around a long time. He's trained with Burroughs a lot. You know, I've watched a lot of those videos of those guys sparring together. So I don't think Imar will overwhelm him in just terms of physicality. And, you know, but it feels like, again, if it's not Joseph, uh, Kolchitsky and Imar are probably the favorites to make the finals. I know Tommy Gant went down and trained with Deeringer uh, down in Stillwater. So, I mean, he's probably going to be the three or four seed, depending on uh, Vincenzo and, and where they seed Valamont. But, there should be some interesting semifinal matchups there, depending on how the seeding goes for sure. Yeah. I'm eager to see what Nazar can do. I, 
You know, I think back to uh, nine years ago, right down the street from the Gable Museum here at Young Arena, Northern Plains Regional, which is going to be going on up in Rochester this weekend. It was held in Young Arena, and uh, Dylan Ness was in the bracket. Uh, Bart Ryder, who went on, uh, you know, Mac Ryder's younger brother, went on to win four Iowa State high school titles. You know, those guys were all in the same weight class, and everybody was anticipating a Ryder-Ness showdown somewhere along the way. And then uh, Nazar Kolchitsky comes along, and, and I don't I think he'd only been in the United States for about two or three months prior to that, you know, that point. And uh, he came in and cleaned house. He he beat both of those guys fairly convincingly. <laughs> and uh, it's like, holy smokes, this kid's pretty good. And uh, fun to see Nazar's career play out. But uh, moving on to 79 kilos, David, Kyle Dake sitting out to Final X. Uh, after the narrow win in the U.S. Open Finals against Alex Derringer. Uh, Derringer coming in as U.S. Open runner-up. Bill Farrell, champ. You know, will we see John Reeder this weekend? Uh, Zahid Valencia, the NCAA champ, also in this weight class. Uh, then some other guys, Josh Asper, Mike Evans, Nate Jackson, uh, Ben Harvey, Stacey Davis. Really feels like a... Uh, a weight class that for an additional weight class, one that's added in, there's uh, some pretty good top end talent here when you factor in <laughs> one through four on this list. So the top four here, they're really hammers. I don't know if we're going to see reader. I mean, they're doing a lot of things in Wisconsin. And so, you know, he may be preoccupied with that. And then where they see Zahid Valencia, because the two through seven place finishers are all in this bracket. Do they slot him in there above an Asper or an Evans or put him at the bottom? Do they put him in the middle? And conceptually, he could have to wrestle Deeringer in the quarterfinals if Reeder was in this or even in the semifinals. And if there's no Reeder, it feels like the two best guys in this bracket are Deeringer and Zahid. So I think as a fan, we hope they get on the opposite side. You know, Zahid gets on the bottom of the bracket as the two or the three, and we get to watch those guys wrestle two out of three on Sunday. It'll be really interesting to see what happens with Zahid, too, with where he goes for next season, whether he stays at 74, whether he goes up to 84. Does he take a swing at uh, the U23 trials if he doesn't win the tournament this weekend? Uh, I think a lot of things kind of hinge on, uh, as far as Zahid goes, kind of if he's in a world championship this this summer, David, or excuse me, this fall, uh, based right. on, on weight class. So. I think over the, the course of the long haul, when you look forward to 2020, I think I think at some point in time we're going to see him up at 184 pounds in the college uh, season. But uh, whether that happens this year or not could hinge on how much success he has this summer and whether he makes a team. Well, I, I talked to the Arizona State guys at the U.S. Open, and I think Zahid is planning on building his body and wrestling 84 next year from what they said. I mean, they didn't flat out say it, but that was what, what they were alluding to and that they're trying to get him ready for 86 kilos in 2020. You know, he's way too big for 74 and 79 is obviously not an Olympic weight. And this will be interesting because if I had to guess, Dake would go down. I think Deeringer goes up. I think he's too big now. I mean, he's a horse. He, he looked bigger than Dake, at least, you know, from where I was sitting. And then I think Zahid goes up, which – is good because you know right now David Taylor's running that weight class. When you add those two guys plus Bo Nickel plus potentially, you know which way Jaden Cox is going to go. You know we've talked about repeatedly how the added weights have helped America, but when you go back to the Olympic weights, 
you know, you don't want to have anybody where they kind of have an easy path to make the Olympic team. You want them to be battle tested for sure. Absolutely. 86 kilos moving on. As you mentioned, David Taylor, final X has been dominant uh, basically the last two years with the exception of those last two matches in the series against Jaden Cox out in Lincoln. Uh, Richard Perry uh, comes in after finishing as the U.S. Open runner-up, Dave Schultz champion. Uh, Bo Nickel is certainly qualified at this weight class, uh, but I, I don't know whether, as you mentioned, the Penn State guys, it remains to be seen. What are they going to do this weekend? Joe Rao uh, coming in as Bill Farrell champ. Nick Renan placed third at the Open. T.J. Dudley placed fourth at the Open. Austin Coburn, Ryan McWaters, and PD3 also in the field. All eyes are always on PD3. Yeah, he had a Twitter post about how much how much better you can get at wrestling when you actually train. So I don't know what that means. That's the key, huh? Probably. Tra- <laughs> yeah, practicing usually helps you get better. So uh, it'll be you know, really interesting to see. I mean, Perry is obviously the favorite to win the tournament this weekend, just, you know, by the criteria being the one seed. We don't know if Nichols going to wrestle, you know, Joe Rao. We don't know if he's, you know, doubling up again or not. But, you know, this is a weight class where there's not a ton of depth, where if a Downey, you know, was the seventh seed, he could come out of the bottom half of the bracket and it wouldn't be shocking. So it's another weight, though, that, you know, feels like, whoever comes out of this is going to have their hands super full trying to beat David Taylor. Cause as you mentioned, you know, he, the only guys he seems to lose to are, are Burroughs, Dake and Cox. And, you know, none of those guys he has to beat to, you know, to make the world team. I suspect this weight class for the, for the reasons we just talked about with guys building up towards 2020, you got to think this is going to be a lot deeper next year. Guys are going to start making that move, sure. move in 2019. They're not going to wait till 2020 to move into these weight classes. You know, if you're at 79 kilos, you're at 92, you're at 61 or 70. I got to think that uh, people are going to be starting to make that move next year. The one guy at all these weight classes who I just feel like can't move is James Green. Like he's not going to move up into Jordan's weight and he tried to go down and he just, He's a huge 70 kilo guy. Just, I don't know what he does, but he tried to shrink his body down and it, it just, his body failed him. And it's not from a lack of discipline, you know, so I just think literally he's too big for that weight, but everybody else, as you said, is going to have to make those changes moving up or down. And, you know, when you consolidate 10 weight classes to six, the depth of those six gets a lot, you know, gets significant for sure. The one game changer in all this too is, is day of weigh-ins if that sticks or if that goes away, if we're going back to uh, after or evening before weigh-ins, that could uh, certainly influence some decisions here and there too, I would think. 100% agree with you. Moving on to 92 kilos, Jaden Cox, two-time world and Olympic bronze medalist, sitting out to final X. Nick Heflin, Hayden Zilmer, Enoch Francois, Duran Wynn, Nico Reyes, Timmy McCall, Cody Walters, Mike Machiavello, Kenny Quartz, guys that uh, could be in this bracket here. David Heflin is a guy that's won a lot of international matches here in the last couple of years, really well-versed in some freestyle positions. I really enjoy watching him wrestle freestyle. I don't know about you, but uh, he's one that uh, has really burst on the scene here in the last couple of years and performed at a really high level internationally. 
Do you see him as the guy to beat if he's there and he's healthy? If he's there and he's healthy, yeah. Um, and it's Eric Carrero raves about his work ethic and his discipline and his commitment to a quality lifestyle. And he said that repeatedly to me, you know, that he's getting what he deserves. And I think he was actually ranked like sixth in the world, you know, at, at one point. So he's legit, obviously. If, if he doesn't wrestle and everybody slides up a spot, it's anybody's, you know, ball game. I got to give a shout out to Deron Wynn, who, you know, plays sports at the U.S. Open. And then this past weekend got a big knockout in Bellator. And now he's coming back for the world team trials. And he's a guy that, you know, my father and I got to coach for three years and just super proud of him and, you know, trying to do both. And he's also a part of that coaching staff with Daniel Cormier out there. So definitely not letting any, any grass grow beneath his feet. Moving on to 97 kilos, Kyle Snyder sitting out to final X. Uh, but certainly a, uh, a lot of credit to the guys that uh, could either go uh, up or, you know, potentially even maybe go down, and they've decided to stay put at 97 kilos. Uh, Austin Schaefer coming in as the U.S. Open champ, really wrestled well out in Vegas, uh, posting the win over Kyvan Gadsden and then backing that up with uh, the victory over Ty Walls. I don't know about you, but uh, he opened my eyes out there. Yeah, I recruited Austin like however many years ago. It was nice, nice kid. You know, certainly a late bloomer, you know, didn't place the D1, was at the NYAC and, and just switched over to the Oklahoma RTC. So, you know, he's switching while, you know, he's going to still be competing. So it's, it, it's an interesting change. And it feels like, you know, with all respect to the guys below, it, it's a wall, Gadsden, semi, and then the winner gets Schaefer. And, you know, Gadsden, I think, literally based on credentials, is probably the guy to beat. But, you know, Schaefer gets to sit. And, you know, there's a lot of value, especially at these upper weight classes, depending on how much energy these guys have to exert to, uh, to get there. But, yeah, I mean, Schaefer's in a great position. And he's done a great job. And he also does Greco. And so, you know, he's another guy like Joe Rowd and these upper weights that have kind of figured out that maybe one style can actually help the other. Moving on to 125 kilos, Nick Wazdowski sitting out to final X. David, I think uh, heavyweight outside of 61 kilos, heavyweight might be the most second most fascinating <laughs> weight class. Maybe some would argue that it is the most fascinating weight class when you factor in uh, Adam Kuhn, uh, Jake Varner. Saw him wrestle pretty well out in Vegas coming out, uh, if you want to call it retirement or uh, however you want to phrase that. Uh, Don Bradley, Gable Stevenson, Tony Nelson, uh, Tanner Hall. You know, Gable Stevenson potentially going to double dip this weekend and wrestle both tournaments, you know, juniors and seniors. I'm really intrigued by heavyweight. What kind of adjustments do you think Varner will make second go round if he gets another opportunity with Kuhn? It feels almost a lot like the Snyder adjustment where you just can't shoot straight onto that guy. You've got a hand fight. Um, you know, Varner's probably got to get to a corner, whether it's like a duck under or a drag to a single or even a sweep single where he just doesn't get caught underneath him and, and smashed. And a couple guys pointed out that Cunha has actually lost weight. Um, you know, he's had to lose 10 pounds, you know, go from 285 to 275. And he lost, it looked like he lost all belly. Like he didn't lose one ounce of power. So yeah, it's fascinating. And then 
kind of old guard, new guard with Dom and Gable and, and where do these guys fall in? Like that was a match where Gable was winning and Dom got the push out with five seconds left. So Varner Nelson, it looks like it looks like a Nelson Hall quarterfinal. The winner gets Varner, Dom and Gable in the sem- other semi. You know, the winner of that would get the winner of the Varner match, and then the winner of all that gets Kuhn. You know, it's it, you're right. It reminds me a lot of '61, except Gwiz is a little more accomplished than Cologne at the very top. But the rest of it, there's arguments to be made for all of these guys. You know, Kuhn's up on the rise. Uh, Varner's an Olympic champion. Don Bradley's always been there. Gable might be the best high school recruit ever. You know, and a guy like Tony Nelson is, you know, a two two time national champion and a runner up to Gwiz. And, you know, he's going to be the, if you count Gwiz, he's the sixth seed. If you don't count Gwiz, he's the five seed. So, you know, good news for America that, that we're so deep at that weight class. Let's talk junior trials real quick, David. You mentioned that there are some weight classes that are really loaded. What are the ones that uh, you have your eye on in particular? Well, I'm personally invested at 61 kilograms, but if you look at some of the guys that are there, Austin Gomez is sitting out. And then if you look at the first three names, Jordan Decatur, Josh Saunders, Vito Arujao, and then other guys that can wrestle in this thing, I don't know who's going to show up yet, but Tariq Wilson, Nick Farrow, Drew Matten, Jacob Camacho, Alex Thompson, your guy from Iowa, Taylor Lamont, and then any All-American from 2017 or 2018 that falls in this age group, that's a loaded weight class. You know, you look up to the next weight class guy, you know, Demas is in the finals, and then Max Murin, Caden Gefeller, Kanan Storr, Corey Teamer, Jared Verclearan, Nick Lee, Ben Freeman, uh, Chad Redd. Yanni would be in this weight class if, if he was healthy. I mean, and then you go to the one above that, you know, Austin O'Connor, great tournament. He's sitting Brady Berge, Ja'Cory Teamer, David Carr, Brayton Lee, uh, one of our Missouri guys, you know, Brock Mahler, you know, Alex Lloyd, Sammy Sasso, Will Luan, Peyton Robb. I mean, someone's going to take eighth in that weight class. And that's just insane. I mean, Artelone is in there. So, you know, and, you know, Aaron Brooks at that weight class. I mean, I think I looked at the registration. I think Whitlake actually went down to 74. So that'll be interesting. This is the future though. Like these guys that are here, these are guys that are wrestling in college now are coming into it. Guys are red shirted, you know, guys that you're going to see big time on the horizon next year. So, I mean, it's hard. Like in Vegas, it, it, I miss so much wrestling when you're, focusing on a few guys, but even if you're just a fan, you're going to, you miss some great stuff, but the, the results are going to, you know, really, really kind of lay out which schools are, are, are well, well set for the future for sure. Well, you talk about the fr- the future, David, how about the present? How about the here and now beat the streets coming this week, Jordan Burroughs versus Frank Chimizo, the showcase match. When you look at, Burroughs and Chimizo, what will be keys for Jordan Burroughs? What will be keys for Frank Chimizo, in your opinion? Burroughs, you know, might be the smartest guy in wrestling because, you know, when he was on the podcast, you know, we talked about how, you know, he's the most scouted guy in the world. So he, he knows how you're going to try to defend him. I think he's a guy that really breaks down his own film and then what these other guys do. 
you know, Chimizo. It feels like it's like boxing or MMA where you have the classic puncher, counter puncher. And so, in a way, Burroughs is going to probably bring, you know, bring the attack, but he doesn't have to do it uh, haphazardly because I don't think Chimizo is going to, you know, take as many attacks as Jordan will. Uh, if Jordan can get to the lead, I think that really, I mean, it's an obvious statement, but it really benefits him. Chimizo, again, is a counterpuncher, and Jordan doesn't have to shoot as much. So, you know, Chimizo wants you in on his legs, and he wants you in on his legs in certain situations. You know, Burroughs is as good as anybody we've ever seen is not only getting the legs and hips, but getting your feet off the mat. And at these high, high levels, you get guys' feet off the mat, and that is the surest way to either take them down or to expose them. And so, obviously, I think, you know, clean finishes, things like that. I mean, I don't think it's rocket science, but he's as good as anybody at it. I'll be surprised if they both don't get at least one takedown because they're both so good at it. And I think if you're a fan, you're kind of rooting for like a 10-8, 12-10 shootout, you know, where you just see some amazing scrambles, you know. I mean, that's, you know, obviously I'm hoping Jordan wins, but I, I hope it's a really fun match to see. I'm intrigued. I'm really intrigued to see what uh, Chamizo looks like this go-round. I didn't think uh, he looked quite as good at the European Championships as he did a year ago in Paris at the World Championships. I, I didn't think he looked quite as fast, quite as light on his feet at 74 kilos as what he did at 70. So I'm really super intrigued to see what uh, Frank Chimizo looks like at 74 kilos as he grows into that weight class uh, for not just beat the streets, but uh, beyond you know, for the world championships this year in Budapest. And, and also uh, as he makes 74 kilos, I, I would presume that he's about done growing. You know, he started his career, he medaled at 55 kilos uh, when he was still in Cuba uh, and then has since uh, won world titles at 65 and 70. So it's going to be a uh, super compelling matchup though, David, really looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, all of those matches out at the Beat the Streets event, always a, a fun event to watch. Anything else you have your eye on this week? Just the other match with Jordan Oliver. I think, you know, that it's interesting to watch him come back and, you know, to wrestle, you know, and, you know, Azgaroff from Azerbaijan. And, you know, Jordan's a, a crappy, crappy guy. And I, I think it'll be interesting to watch him wrestle, you know, be down to weight at 65 and, you know, he missed a chance to qualify, you know, on the criteria by like a couple of days. So I think he'll, you know, definitely want to put on a show. And I think that's going to be, you know, he, he's a guy that enjoys the bright lights and seems to perform really well underneath those. So, you know, I, and I just think in general what those guys are doing, you know, my next uh, matchback guest is Mike Powell, who's the new executive director of Chicago Beat the Street. And I just think what Beat the Street does in general using – wrestling to uh, literally change people's lives and a lot of cases save kids' lives, get them out of really, really um, dangerous, life-threatening situations. You know, we love the wrestling part of it, but I, I think it's important that we, we stay focused on what their bigger picture is. So, you know, congratulations to Novogratz and those guys for putting together an awesome lineup and, uh, you know, anybody that can you know go and buy a ticket and support that 
it really should, you know, because the money is clearly going, you know, in the right direction and, and a great cause. Well, David, thank you so much for your time and insight. Appreciate it. And we'll see you up in Rochester and thank each and every one of you guys for giving us your time to tune in to this week's edition of Weighing In.